The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Don't you wish you could just take a breath? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I wrote that opening line for this sermon a few months ago. And then as I was rereading my notes uh, last week preparing for this message, I thought, I'm not even sure I want to start the sermon that way. Like, do you want a breath? Because suddenly that feels so different today in light of what's going on in our nation, our culture, and our news. But I thought, I'm going to stick with what I wrote. And so I want you to know this. I wrote this sermon um, a few months ago. And I'm going to preach it as I wrote it without trying to change it much, because I feel like it's something that not only do we need to hear, but it's really important for us to walk this out. And, and I felt like as I, as I was reading over my notes, like this must mean God has something he wants to say, and he doesn't want me to modify it because of the current media or the current crisis, what's going on in the world around us. So I'm gonna say it again. Aren't there moments when you just wish you could take a breath? Here's what most of us do. Uh, when we are exhausted and stressed, we just, we veg, we just completely throw our hands up in the air and go, ah, I just, I don't want to do anything. But then because we don't do anything, then we have to work harder, longer, later. And so what happens is we just start working seven days a week. And then one of those days we just get exhausted and we just like, man, I wish I could just take a breath but it doesn't ever seem to work because we can never catch up and really feel like we can get rested. We really just need to breathe. It's weird. Life has certain rhythms to it. Your, your day has a rhythm to it. Your, your morning routine has a, a rhythm to it. Your, your heart has a rhythm. Your breath has a rhythm. In fact, re, uh, recently I had one of my boys in for a, uh, just a normal little procedure. It was perfectly okay, but they, they had them all hooked up and you could see the heart rhythm. You could see his breath rhythm. And it's interesting how when you are on rhythm, you're healthy. And when things are off rhythm, right, arrhythmia, you are not healthy. And so here, here's my question. How are your rhythms working? Are they working? Or do you need new rhythms? Maybe this crisis season has compelled you to create new rhythms. Rhythms that look very different than maybe what you've been doing, how you've been working, how you've been functioning. Because for many of us, we're driven, we live driven by ambition, by challenges, maybe by a boss, maybe by something inside us, a fear, a worry, a debt. And that's got us running hard, but because we're running hard, we never really get a chance to take a breath. So I'm going to talk with you about how you can take a breath. And so I'm going to put this in context. Uh, in the series, Rhythms, which is really about creating new rhythms, we're walking through some of the Psalms. I'm going to jump into Psalm chapter 3, which is actually really the first Psalm 
In the book of Psalms, the first Psalm 1 and 2 are actually more like an introduction. Or, or like a, if you're reading a book, you kind of have like the introductory parts to it, like the foreword, the introduction, and then you get to the first chapter, and many people kind of skip over those. But really, Psalm 1 and 2 are a setup, and then you jump into Psalm 3, which is really the first psalm. And what, what the psalmists are doing is they're writing psalms that become songs for the whole nation to sing. They're kind of like a playlist for the nation. And this moment, this psalm is written by David as uh, his son Absalom is trying to usurp the throne. His son Absalom is coming after him. He gathers an army, comes against King David. His father is, drives him out of Jerusalem. And David, with a few people around him, an army around him, is running for his life. A nation divided. One feels hurt by the other, a, a nation torn by hate and hurt. And David is running and hiding and restless and in distress. And in his stress and distress, he sits down in hiding and he begins to write a song, a song, imagining his nation reunited, imagining his nation restored, and now he is leading them in a song of celebration. That's what he's imagining as he's writing while running and hiding from his son Absalom. And this is what he writes, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Selah. David is thinking how many people are looking at his, at his crisis and the crisis of the nation and they're seeing the many enemies and the many threats and the many challenges and the many distresses. And David thinks a lot of people when they see that are gonna think, where is God in all of this? Hmm. Maybe you're seeing a lot of threats and enemies and challenges and crisis. And maybe others have asked you, or maybe you've even asked yourself, where is God in all of this? And David, wait guys, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to throw that slide back up because there's, there's one word that captures the moment. Now you've probably not seen this word before because we don't use it in the English language. It's a Hebrew word. David finishes the verse of his song with this word, selah. Now, here's what that word selah means. It means breathe. It means take a breath. I just wanna remind you, I wrote this about two months ago. David says, I know, everybody's thinking, look at all the troubles, look at all the enemies, look at all the problems we're dealing with. And he imagines a season when they're coming back in unity and they're coming together and they're singing together as one nation. And he says, look at all the problems we've dealt with, but we're coming back together and I want you just to say la, to take a deep breath. And so I want you to do that with me right now. At home, those that are with you, with us in service, in person, because we're gonna do this as one people. 
We're going to take a deep breath. And so right now, would you join me? Ready? Can you just breathe in and then hold it for a moment? Now breathe out. Here's what David's writing. He goes, there's a lot of people that when they see the problems in the crisis, they think, where is God in all of this? Where is God in all of our troubles? And maybe what this does for you is it gets you running from God. And when you run from God, you run from God's presence and from God's purposes. The problem with running from is often we run from one bad thing to something far worse. When you're running from, you usually go from bad to worse. I mean, you remember the good old days before the pandemic when you thought you had problems and all of us kind of wish we could go back to having those problems? And then I heard somebody say it recently. They're like, remember the good old days when we were worrying about the pandemic? Take a deep breath right now. David writes something powerful because in that moment, David is writing. He, there is no reason for him to say lot. There is a lot of stress and a lot of distress and a lot of threats and a lot of enemies, but hold up in hiding, in quarantine, running for his life against threats and people who would prosecute and persecute him. He pauses and writes a song in the verses, each verse he says, Selah, breathe. Now, that could mean simply take a breath. In the, in the way he was writing a song, it could be pause and think about what was just said. It could also be more of a, a band director moment where you allow the voices to take a break and take a breath. It could also be a moment where they tell you to say la so that you can enjoy the instruments. Now, we experience all of those when we sing. There's moments when there's a pause because you need to think about the lyrics you just sang. There's moments when the vocalists need, to, need a breath. And there's moments where uh, we need to just allow the instruments to fill us with song. But there's a principle under all of this. How did David, in the midst of division and destruction and distress, when he had every reason to be stressed and running and in distress, how was he able to Selah to write a song of worship? Maybe like David, you have good reasons to be stressed and distressed right now. Maybe there's reasons to be worried and be driven by fears and doubts and troubles. So in the midst of that, here's what David did. Uh, and, and the challenge to you and I is this, to discover the power of Selah rest over stress. Can I challenge you, please? Maybe you need to take out your phone and just take a picture of that. If you're joining us online, maybe you just need to pull out, just take a picture of the screen. Maybe you need to just quickly jot that down or type that in. Maybe type it into the comment section. Maybe those of you that are physically present, you need to jump in on the comment section of our online feed just so you can let everyone else know you're here and you're excited that they're with us online. Either way, I wanna encourage you to discover the power of Selah rest that helps you over 
stress. But we don't experience Selah rest, do we? No, at best, what you and I do is we just escape. You turn off the news. You go, I can't take it anymore. Maybe somewhere in the middle of this quarantine, you just had enough. And you just, you, you couldn't even hardly do work. You started sleeping in late. You, you stayed up late. You just binged on Netflix and whatever else. You, you, you couldn't wait to vacation. You couldn't wait just to escape it all, right? And that's what we do. We don't really say la, say la rest. We just escape into sleep or we escape into numbness. We escape into entertainment. We escape into self-indulgence. We escape into uh, our own thinking or our own, you know, just throw ourselves into movies or whatever it is. We just escape. We vacation. We just try to take a big, deep breath, but we never find the real rest. We never find true Selah. Why? Because we are trapped in stress and spiritual distress, and spiritual distress is what biblical authors call sin. Sin is what drives us away from God and God's best and God's rest toward doing what we want, and what we want is not best because we are broken. We're broken, and that's why we can't find true rest, and so we filth our life with the stuff of life, hoping that something will allow us to escape, even the escape from our own restless thinking. And sometimes, some of us, we try to escape into reckless living or into just pursuing our desires, or we just try to escape from it all. The challenge is that because you and I are trapped by sin, we, it robs us of true rest and we live our lives aimlessly, empty living, just running after one thing and onto the next. But God does not desire to leave us running and chasing and empty. God desires us to experience rest. And that's where David jumps in. Here's David. Listen to this. He says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill, Selah. In fact, can I have all of you, would you just join me and say, Selah. Okay, that wasn't super enthusiastic. Um, Selah. Come on, at home, I know you're doing this. I know you're here at each of our campuses this week, and you're saying, Selah. Come on, I want you to discover the power of Selah. Now, when you read this, you might not recognize that what David is running from is not just his son. The reason his son is usurping the throne is a consequence of David's sin. David had sinned against God. He, had, he, had, uh, he took advantage of a woman that wasn't his wife, and then he murdered her husband. And a prophet came to David and said, because of your sin, your family will be broken, and the sword will pursue you. And now David is being chased by his own son, and he recognizes that his suffering is a consequence of his sin. And David could have easily run from God. Instead, in his song, he runs to God's presence. He said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and, I, and he heard me from his holy hill. <gasps> I could take a breath. 
What happens is sin has us running. Your sin and my sin and the sin of our nation. Yes, you can look at the sins of a nation and you could say this stuff has us running and reeling and living in stress and distress. And David, rather than running from God, runs to God. And then he thinks ahead and he goes, I need someone to rescue me, to lift me out of my troubles. And he thinks ahead to the coming one, the Messiah, who would be lifted up on a cross to lift us up out of our troubles. He looks ahead to Jesus, the rescuer, the Messiah, who came to earth, who stepped in and took on our pain, who become, became our shield, who was willing to take the blows that we deserve, who was willing to take the distress on us, who was willing to step in our place and lose his life for our life and give his life as a ransom for the debt and death we owe for our sin. But Jesus not only died, and boy, in this cultural moment this statement matters Jesus came back to life he and through his resurrection he gives victory over death he gives breath in our lungs he gives power to our life he gives us victory over our fears he gives us victory over our distress he gives us victory over our stress and so that in Jesus we find true Selah rest from all of the threats all of the troubles, all of the worries that have us running. And so right now, wherever you are and whatever you're walking through, whatever threats you feel are coming against you, whatever enemies you feel like are pursuing you, whatever is weighing you down, whatever is stressing you or distressing you, I want you to know that where you find Selah is not in escaping, it is not in vegging, it is not in entertainment, it is not in any other area but the person of Jesus Christ. Rest has a name, and his name is Jesus. And so right now, if that's what you want, I want you to text Jesus to 41411. Please, I feel like I'm almost begging you. Don't go down another avenue. Right now, you need rest. You need the power of Selah. You need Jesus. And please let us know, because the reason we're asking you to text us is that we can follow up with you and give you encouragement and a next step as you begin this journey of Jesus at the center of your life. And when you believe in Jesus, please let us know. But when you let us know, here's what's happening. You're, you're allowing God's spirit into your spirit. And when God's spirit is in your spirit, he gives you new life and forever life. And when you have that new and forever life, you have the rest of God in you. The rest of God in you. Now listen to me carefully, because this is a powerful statement. When you experience true rest in, through faith in Jesus Christ, when you say law through a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He begins to transform how you live. And that's what I wanna talk to you about. He, here's how David says, how it transforms him. He goes, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. I mean, you have fought for me. God, you are for me, not against me. God, you are for our community, not against it. You are for our nation, not against it. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. 
One more time. Say, Selah. Now, what's cool is, now I'm not a great, I'm not a person with a lot of music background. I did play the trumpet when I was younger, so I have a little bit of musical background, but there's something interesting. I basically read through this psalm for you. Check this out. When this psalm starts, it kind of starts with a bass beat. It's just boom, boom, boom. Like his enemy is coming after him. He's like, can you hear it? Can you hear the footprint, footbeats of my enemies? Can you hear the hooves of the horses coming after me? But then he kicks into this, the snare kicks in and it's a whole drum set. He's like, now do you hear it? Check this out. God is coming for me. God is after them. God is on the run. God, and then he says, and then the cymbals start kicking in and he's like, check this out. God is on the move. And so you go from the, 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 the beat. You hear it? The footprints, the footbeats, man, they're after me. But then boom, God is on the move. And then he's like, God is arising. And he makes this point that when you learn to rest, God arises. God responds to the rest of his people. Why? Because when you rest, you are trusting the rest into God's hands. And only when you trust God can you allow God to arise and fight for you rather than sitting back and watching you try to fight for yourself. I need to take a breath. Now, we find pause in God's presence. I said it. These seasons have a way of making you want to run from God to fight for yourself and against your enemies. The challenge is that when you and I learn the power of Selah pauses in God's presence, then we are saying, God, I trust you and I will rest in in the Father's hands and leave the rest in the Father's hands. You and I need to find Selah pause in God's presence. That Jesus is the rest we are longing for. Jesus, the rest that we find in Jesus is better than just relaxing. It's better than vacationing. It's better than a morning that you can sleep in because it is an internal and a spiritual rest. It is a deep calming of your spirit that goes beyond a relaxing beach that we all wish we could get to. It's better than just a getaway or a time off. Oh wait, we've had that. It's better than just sleeping in and not having to go to work when you're, when you're compelled to. It's better than just binging on your favorite shows or movies? Aren't we all tired of that? No, a rest in relationship with Jesus is better than relaxing because it is a deep inner rest that can only be found through fully trusting your life to Jesus, knowing that you are putting yourself into the hands of an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God. Now, here's the deal. The only way that you're going to experience better rest through the presence of God is if you truly trust God and you lean into God's wisdom rather than your worry. Did you get that? Listen, Many of us, the reason we are in stress and distress is we are trusting our worry. We're trying to figure it out on our own rather than leaning into God's wisdom, his truth, his word, his principles that he has already given us. And so we get ourselves all worked up when all you had to do was rest in the wisdom of God's truth. 
and allow God to arise in your rest. Not laziness. In fact, that's what I want to challenge you with. Jesus is speaking. It's recorded by the God in the Gospel of Matthew. Hold up, guys. Jump over to Matthew. Uh, come to me. By the way, man. I feel like now the first weekend, you guys are back in person at our campuses. We got, we got Wilson campus. We got our cinemas campus this weekend. I want you guys to give our tech crew a huge round of applause. Online, you too, online. You guys need to give a shout out to all of our teams, right? Our audio teams, our, our video teams, our tech team. These guys are amazing. Okay, with that said, come to me, Jesus said. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Do you know, interestingly, the only two words Jesus ever used to describe his character, gentle, humble. We need a little bit more of that, don't we? Maybe we need to become a little more like Jesus in gentleness and humility of heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the Selah rest over stress. Jesus is the Selah rest over stress. He is where you find and nowhere else. I promise you, you will not find Selah in politics. You're not going to find it in the transformation of legislation. You're not going to find it in the upheaval of a nation. You're not going to find it in a better job or a raise, new clothes or a nicer house or even vacation. You will find it in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to continue reading because there's a couple more principles I want to pull, pull for you. David writes, Selah, breathe. I laid down and I laid down and slept. How many of us wish after all of this, we could just put our heads on the pillow and sleep? I got to be honest with you. I've had several sleepless nights or the last several weeks. And I thought, boy, I need to say love. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. He gave me long rest. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. What is he saying? He goes, I have learned the power of, I have learned to practice the power of Selah rest. I wanna challenge you to learn to practice the power of Selah rest. God is a God of rest and peace, of taking a breath, of breathing. He gives breath. He gives life. He values life. He values all life. And he gives us the power of Selah rest. And what I specifically mean is that God designed you and I to work hard and then rest. And in order to kind of institutionalize that or instill that into us, God ordained this idea of a Sabbath rest. And so what he did was he set aside one day out of a week where you and I would take off and not be productive. It is not a good day. Interestingly, in creation, God said there are six days, and each day he said this was a good day. And then he goes like this. Then he rested the seventh day, and it was a holy day. When you take a Sabbath rest, it's not a good day. It's a holy day. You actually take a day where you're focused on loving God, affirming God, and worshiping God. And when you focus on God, you become a better version of yourself. 
a more holy version of yourself. And when you and I, on this holy day, we Sabbath Selah, and we begin to become a better version of ourselves. we learn how to take that Selah rest from one day and bring it to each day. Part of Selah rest is that you and I need to learn how to practice the power of Selah resting. And so one of the challenges I want to have is this. I gave you this idea. Live your Selah story as you discover the power of pausing to breathe. You have a Selah story that God wants to write into your life. How are you going to write this Selah story? Well, I'm going to give you a couple quick principles. And I'm going to encourage you, maybe you could take a picture of this, but I want you to jot this down. How do you practice the power of Selah? Be fully present with those you love. Here's what I wrote in my, my notes. We need to be fully present. I don't want you living in the third person. I don't want you looking at your life, wishing that you had embraced the moment. Be fully present with those you love. Cut off, cut out the chaos. Remove the distractions. Clear the clutter. Some of you have got frenetic activity driving you. Cut it out. Clear the clutter. Pause long enough to notice God and see the fingerprints of God all over your life. And when you begin to do that, you allow worship and wonder to overcome your worry. Linger. Oh, I said be still. Can I challenge you to be still? To sit still. To hug to slow down long enough to see the purposes of God in your life and others' lives. Linger long enough to listen and learn and love. Man, I I wrote this a while ago, and I thought there's no better statement than our nation right now than to learn to listen and learn and love. And then don't miss the moments and the miracles why? Because the moment when you, when, you, when you get so busy, you miss the moments that matter most, and you miss the miracles of where God is at work. The power of Selah is that God wants to write a story in your life, and the only way that's going to happen is when you begin to practice this, when you slow down, not lazy, not disengaged, not escaping, but truly resting in the presence and the power of God. And so that's what I want to invite you to do right now. Stay with me just for a moment right now. First, I want you to breathe. Ready? It means so much in this moment, doesn't it? How precious and powerful a breath is. Selah is powerful in your life. And so you don't need me to pray over you. You and I, you know, we need, we need to take a moment and breathe and pray. Maybe there's some situations you need to trust into the hands of God. Maybe there's some things you need to say, God, I need to find rest in you. Not running from you, but running to you and finding rest in you. Would you do that with me right now? Would you just pause for a moment and practice Selah in silence? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.